Welcome to UPower Podcast. My name is James, the founder of UPower, and each week we bring you someone who inspires me or an inspiring message to help and support you discover how to access and unlock your inner infinite power and realize your potential. Hello and uh, welcome back to the UPower Podcast with me, James. In today's episode, we are joined by the one and only Fabian Cowdery. Hi, Fabian. Thanks for joining hey, us. Thank you for having me on. Looking forward to having a chat with you. Uh, it's great to have you. Um, so just a bit of info and background on Fabian. Um, as a child, Fabian's identity was surrounding cricket, which we'll touch on in more detail, allowing him to escape the strain of the playground again, which is something we'll cover shortly. But further down the line, he decided to leave his sporting dream uh, at the age of 24, shocking the industry, and it left him with a major identity crisis. And now at 28, he has remodeled his entire life to become a massively successful entrepreneur and a recently qualified life coach. So Fabian, it's an honor to have you on. Really appreciate your time. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, I think first and foremost, it's uh, really important that we acknowledge your most recent success qualifying as a life coach. This is absolutely fantastic. I want to just congratulate you on that. Um, thanks, thanks, mate. It's been uh, it's been an incredible journey, actually. And we were just touching before touching on before we started that lockdown has given us all a chance to reflect on the things that really make us tick. And um, you know, got into life coaching. I suppose I've been coaching my whole life, really. Um, but in terms of getting the qualifications behind me, it allows me to work with people and and improve their mindset and help them achieve all their all their goals, objectives, and just become happier people. So it's probably the most rewarding thing that I've ever done in my life. Um, and I'm so lucky to work with some amazing people already. That's fantastic. It sounds like that's something that you you've been doing for a long time. There, from what you've just said, you know, without you having the qualification, you sound like the type of character and person that maybe people confide in or turn to for advice and guidance. And it's been like a natural transition into this. Yeah, absolutely. I, well, look, people have always sort of come to me. I don't know why, uh, since I was <laughs> younger for, for wisdom and pearls of wisdom, if you like, without blowing my own trumpet. I, I just feel like um, that, that energy that I've always tried to bring to situations when people have been having a hard time, often I've given them advice, but not adhered to it myself. <laughs> so I've been able to give great advice, but at the same time, not always been able to to translate that into my own world so over the last few years since since i finished cricket at 24 as, as you mentioned it's really been a transformative period for me and try, trying to reflect on on some of the lessons that i can learn from some of the failures i've had some of the mistakes that i've made because look we've we've all made them but it's how you how you transform that into into lessons and progress accordingly and i i think often it's so easy for us all to dwell on on stuff that's gone and attach ourselves to the past and and um, in that place in that mental headspace where you, you can't release yourself from the past it's very hard to live your best present so it got me into coaching it got me thinking about myself a little bit more and it's been it's been a great journey man it really has fantastic no it's absolutely awesome is it something that you've always had an interest and passion in, in this kind of self-development, self-improvement space. Is that something that you were focused on within early life? Not really at all. No. You know, it's, it's something where I was, I was thrust into sporting industry where there was no room for, um, for a mediocre performance on the pitch. It was either you're winning or you're failing. So when I was playing cricket, I was very hard on myself. 
And I was very, you know, I couldn't allow myself to perform under par. Otherwise, I'd get dropped or I wouldn't get paid the same amount. So sport taught me a very cutthroat way of living life. And, and coming out of that, um, it, it taught me that actually, you know, failure is is the best possible thing. If you're not failing, my view is you're not going after the goals that you you want to go for. Like failure is a part of life. And Denzel Washington made a really good point in some of his podcasts and um, I think more on YouTube. Um, that you have to fall forwards, you have to you fail forwards, um, and and really embrace embrace failure. You know we're all so imperfect, we're so you know unique in our own way, and um, we have to celebrate that. And that attitude to failure changed when I left sport. Um, so in terms of the transformation and, and coaching my whole life, I suppose I was giving pearls of wisdom because my mother is such a sort of deep empathic person who Brilliant. fed me that information while I was growing up. So it's basically repeating what she was saying to people. Mm-hmm. Um, but then in terms of finding my own identity, that really happened after sport, right? Where I had to, I had to look in the mirror. I had to find that self-love. Um, otherwise it would have been a very, very lonely journey. And I never really had that growing up, um, which is, which is why I feel, uh, I, I suppose a calling towards helping other people because I know what it's like to be in that in that confinement of struggle um, that confinement of not really knowing who I am um, and and it's as I said it's been it's been really it's been a really empowering journey for me and I'm delighted to be on the other end of um, on, on the other end of my cricket career now because it's taught me so much. Fantastic I love that and I think something that to pick up on that's really important uh, that you mentioned there, Fabian, is around failure. And I mean, this is something that I, I've looked at before and really more about perfectionism. Um, and, you know, previously I was someone that had to get everything right, cross every T, dot every I, and everything has to be absolutely perfect in order to me to feel, uh, to feel satisfied about whatever it was that I was doing. And actually what I've come to learn is, like you said, failure is so important. It's part of the journey. And this perfectionism thing, it's, it's the enemy of execution. Like it gets in the way, you end up getting in your own way. Um, and you can prohibit yourself from enjoyment and fulfillment ultimately. Mm. Um, so it's, I think it's really important that people, if you want to go and try and do something, maybe it is out of your comfort zone, you've just got to do it, haven't you? You've just got to embrace it. Yeah, look, 100%. I think fear is the biggest component for people not fulfilling their ambitions. Um, without a shadow of a doubt, that that fear of failure is is massive and i i went through that in sport it definitely held me back because i was so worried about getting bold or getting a naught or getting a good ball or whatever because the cricketing list cricket listeners will will know what i mean if you don't know what i mean it basically just means you've not done very well on the cricket pitch um, that that stigma around achieving ambition that you have to do it in the perfect way that your journey has to be a b c d e f g sometimes it's going to be a zigzag sometimes you're going to be taken off your path and you have to ride the wave and i think i think so often you know people get to the end of their time or where they feel that they don't have any more time in life and they they'll get to sort of 75 80 and they'll think crikey why didn't i go after the things that made me tick and the reason is what what did that what would that person think of me if I don't achieve that goal? What will I think of myself if I don't achieve my my goal? Which is even more important. And and I think as soon as you take that leap of faith and realise that we are all so imperfect and we're all going to make mistakes on our journey, and that failure is actually the most successful thing that you can go through because it's the only way that you can grow. That mindset shift 
allows you to enjoy and embrace it. Like I now wake up every day and I'm like, what can I fail at? Yeah. <laughs> what can I fail at? Because without that, without that mindset, we're mm-hmm. scared to get out of bed. We're scared to go after dreams. You know, um, when I speak to my clients in, in life coaching, all of it, lots of it comes down to fear with their goals. They're like, oh, what if, or what, what if I can't do it? What, what if I can't achieve it by that point? Okay. Well, if you can't achieve it by that point, that's fine. But at least you're giving it a go. I always feel that the person who gives their dream a go and doesn't make it work is more successful than the person who never tried. So that's a big line for me. And um, yeah, don't don't be that person late on in life who, who thinks, crikey, um, you know, I've got a ghost of all my potential standing at the end of my bed and yeah. it didn't happen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It hit the nail on the head. Something that I've seen you talk about online is this fear versus faith model. Do you want to just expand mm. on that a little bit in your own words? Because um, I think it's, it's very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've been, I've been trying to add a lot to my Instagram to support people um, in their journeys. And fear against faith is, is just a simple mindset shift. Um, having faith that everything's going to be OK, regardless of the outcome. You know, what's the worst that can happen? What you're going to get, someone's going to tell you no. How many times do we, how many times do we hear no? It's about how many times you can get up from the no and and go, right, yes, I've, that person doesn't like me, but you know what? I like myself enough to keep going. So it's, it's just that mindset shift and faith in everything. I'm not saying you have to have faith in, in, in a certain religion. I'm saying you have to have faith in yourself. Um, and that comes from, believing that in the present moment you're absolutely fine and that if you can control the way you are right now the future will take care of itself um i've often got a line that i use a lot with my my friends and my clients and it is if you if you're living in the past you have a likelihood of feeling depressed if you live in the future you're likely to feel anxious because you're worried about things that haven't arrived yet but the only time you can feel completely at peace is if you're in the present and that is the most important thing how can you bring yourself back to the present and stop living either side of the tunnel. Um, uh, and when you can get there, it's a pretty special place to be. Absolutely, it is. It's hugely powerful. Um, I think there's, there's two days um, in the year that don't matter. One was yesterday, and one's tomorrow. And the only day that matters is today, isn't it? And like you say, it's being present, living for the moment, and focusing on those things that actually fall within your control. And I think we're all, you know, we've all maybe had experiences of looking at things or situations and getting anxious or overwhelmed with whatever that might be for that individual. But a lot of the time, if we just bring that back into actually what is in our sphere of influence, what can we do to change the situation? Um, it, it can just lead your mind to start thinking for different answers that get you out of a place of caught in a circle to actually, okay, this is what I can do. And this is how I'm going to tackle it into this problem solving space. Yeah, look, absolutely. I, I think just to make it make clear on this point, though, it's, it's great to have future plans. It's great to know the direction that you want to go and goal set. Mm. Um, but what can you do in the moment to get towards that goal instead of looking too far ahead? So you always try and as long as you're trusting the process and you celebrate every step along the journey and you don't think I'm a failure unless I am a millionaire by 30. Yeah. You know, yeah. KFC was was launched by someone in his 60s. You know, the people, Absolutely. there's no timeline on your success. So, you know, take a chill pill, guys. If you're listening, you've got enough time. Absolutely. Everyone's got to run their own race. It doesn't matter um, what your friends, what your 
inspirational mentors might be doing and achieving. You know, we're all individuals. Um, and I think comparison is the thief of joy. Uh, it's something that I've read somewhere. And it is, maybe it's something that, um, it, maybe it's more prevalent in our age group. I'm not sure, but I, I found myself certainly comparing me to other people. And you just have to remind yourself, it's about you. The only person you should compare yourself is to, to is yourself, you know, mm. me yesterday versus me today. Mm. And I think that's an important lesson that I've learned. And I hope it's something that we, you know, can uh, spread the message on. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I mean, at the end of the day, whether we're the strongest mental, uh, you know, person mentally or not, uh, the comparison is always going to be there. We're, we're human beings. We always want to win. We're naturally going to compete. And social media amplifies that. So having that awareness that, yeah, our mind's going to go a little bit off in a tangent if we see someone who is achieving what you want to achieve. But that's fine, you know. And if that if you use that in the right way, it can be incredibly powerful to motivate yourself to, to get to where you want to go. Yeah. But, it, but it's when we when we draw comparisons and think that we're not good enough as a result of those comparisons, they become dangerous. Oh, phone's going. No problem. Sorry about that. Another client. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure we'll see we've had a live coaching session <laughs> absolutely absolutely hopefully you can edit that out of the call yeah no that's fine no not a problem not a problem so um i think what would be really cool to do fabian is to kind of leave that bus there for one second we'll pick that back up again shortly but go back to fabian cowdery in the beginning um and just uh a summary of, of your journey to where you are today. It'd be really, really interesting to, to hear about that. And I know our listeners would be thrilled for you to tell your story about how you've got to where you are today, because I know it's fascinating personally oh, hearing thanks, it. Man. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, I didn't have the, I had a great start in life. I mean, I came from a great family and um, my, my family is a famous cricketing dynasty. So my dad captain England, my granddad captain England, my late uncle, played for Kent and then I followed them in. So I was the fourth cab off the rank. Um, so that came with all sorts of pressures and um, expectations and whatever you want to call it. Um, but when I was young, I was very different. I was creative. Um, I wanted to sing. I wanted to act. I wanted to perform and I hated maths and science and I didn't want to be in those classes at all. And I was at a very academic school. So people, people were used to seeing grade A students, 75% as minimum in all of their results. And I just wanted to be on the cricket pitch. So although I feel like I've got a level of emotional intelligence when it came to sitting down and studying and all of that sort of stuff, my attitude was very much a hundred or nothing. If I, if I was going to, if I was going to do it, I was going to do it hundred percent or I wasn't at all. So that annoyed a lot of my teachers and <laughs> it led to some difficult times in the, on the playground because I've got a twin brother and we secluded ourselves massively. We were just happy in our own, in each other's company growing up, which is quite sweet. It's quite That's adorable, fun. but at the same time, we weren't really um, putting ourselves out there for friendships. And, and um, yeah, we didn't really fit in that well. And cricket for me was my escape. It was my identity. It was the place where I felt safe. Um, and when that sort of fell apart at 24, I really had nowhere to turn. And I remember the day I signed my first Kent contract, which was the day I left school, my first professional contract. I got a call from the CEO and he, he told me I was going to be their next professional batsman. And as you can imagine, I spent my whole life training to fall that call. So I had this complete fulfillment and feeling of satisfaction. And I remember that evening just lying in the bath. I think I lit a candle. I think I was just like, yeah, life's good. You know, I've gone through some hard times, but I've got to where I need to go. 
And my brother and my mum came into the bathroom and I was sort of like 18 years old and I was in the bath. Thank God I had the bubbles on top of me. Like, <laughs> and I was like, what is going on here? Like, can you just give me five minutes before, before coming in? And they said, no, we've got to talk to you. And they said, um, yeah, mum and dad, are, my brother said, mum and dad are breaking up. And I was like, you know, what is going on here? Um, and it was, it was a really distressing period because I'd gone from the absolute jubilation of a Kent contract to all of a sudden my family was breaking apart. And cricket and home had always been the two places I felt most comfortable. And it, it was either I was happy on the cricket pitch or I was watching sport with my bad dad on TV and he was my role model and former cricketer, sort of needed him a lot during those early years and didn't get didn't have that with him anymore and we didn't speak for three or four years um and every time I went to the cricket ground I was reminded of the incredible legacy that he had although I had no communication with him and then when I went home it was you know mum and and my brother who were you know grieving this sort of loss in the family you know living loss really because and it was it was just a, it was just a crazy period where I felt very lost and I think that's what took the sting out of the happiness that I have with cricket, you know, is it represented more to me than cricket. It was my family legacy. And all of a sudden I felt lost in a family legacy. And when I stopped playing, I, for a year and a half, I was really struggling mentally to get out of bed. My performances were different, uh, were, were starting to, to tail off. Um, and I wasn't getting selected, I suppose, because I wasn't mentally with it the way I, I should be. And got very unhappy and I remember having an appendicitis in my last season which knocked me out for the final six months of my career and I'd never been so happy to have an illness I was like really? thank god I, I couldn't really you know move out of bed for ages and I thought this is just I was asking for this this is as if I'd asked the universe to give me some form of injury so I could just escape this environment and that sounds quite, you know, it sounds a little bit spoiled saying that because I was living all these dreams. I was being paid a lot of money, but I just wasn't, I just couldn't get out of bed. So that led me to, to leaving, leaving the sport 24 and they'd offered me a longer contract. And I just said, look, I can't be in this environment. I can't do this anymore. And I was sitting with my dad, which is quite ironic in the CEO's office because he came in when I announced that I wanted to stop. And um, it led me to, to massive like massive breakdown I you know two years after the two years after cricket I'd never really had a childhood or I'd never really gone out and partied I'd never really um, explored my youth because I was playing elite sport mm. so I was going out too much and it was just it was just chaos and I didn't really know what I needed to do to recreate myself but it got to a point where I was like look I can't I can't keep living this play in this place where I'm masking all of these insecurities and everything that I've gone through with with alcohol and and going out till stupid o'clock in the morning I can't do it anymore so I had to find a way to come through that and as a result I decided to set up a business again my my dad didn't support the financial side of it I did that all myself but he was there for me and giving me advice and and we grew Cal Corner Sport which was a live events business transferring the best skills from an athlete into the workspace. So resilience, mental health, pressure, all the things I'm passionate about now. Um, and then we moved that forwards and we've now been going four years. We're working with companies virtually and over COVID and we sold out our first 12 events um, wow. when we could do in-person events. <laughs> no, incredible. And, uh, yeah, so we went from that and it was a quick turnaround, but, um, and then got into fitness coaching. So I'm, I'm side hustle spin instructor now, but so oh, in really? terms of the coaching stuff, it led me down to the life coaching. It's like a direct 
correlation between everything I've ever done um, throughout my life and using my experiences to help people. It feels like it's a natural path for me. And I'm you know, sitting here today feeling much more content, but I could never have got to the stage I've got to without having to overcome those obstacles. And that's what I always say to people is like, your pain is your greatest strength. That is your chance. You are a dangerous human. I think I said this yesterday on social media. You are a dangerous yeah. human when you can come out of adversity with a smile on your face. So instead of dwelling on that pain, what can you use it? How can you use it to, to better yourself? And I feel in some way, hopefully I'm inspiring a few people through that. And those who know my story and my clients, are, you know, I, I constantly remind them that, um, you know, people go through a lot. And if you can harness that and use that to your advantage, then you're going to be all right. Absolutely. Yeah. It's uh, what a story. I mean, what, what a journey. It's absolutely, it's fascinating. Um, and I think just to touch on that, what you just said there, what, what kind of guidance or advice would you pass on from your own experience of harnessing that pain and using it as fuel? Like how can people really tap into that? I think you've got to look within. I think ultimately, what are you doing with your body? How are you, how are you preparing for each day? Um, are you, is there an element of self-sabotage where you're masking some pains that you need to bring to the surface? Like you've got to be honest with yourself. There's no, there's no easy way around it. Accepting your imperfections, accepting that every day is not going to be the same, mm. you know, accepting that, you know, goals might take 10 years. They might not take two years and you might not be sitting in that massive house with, with your partner and two kids and three dogs in the, in the country, or whatever your ambitions are, you know, that might take time, but accepting that you have to look at yourself first. You know, in every situation, it's so easy to pass on the blame or mask it with alcohol or mask it with that person did that, this person did that. But at the end of the day, how can you control anything unless you look at yourself? So the first thing I would say is look in the mirror. What can I improve about the way that I behave? What can I improve about the way that I am and who I represent? What do I represent and work that way? Because you'd be an amazing, amazingly liberating experience when you start to work out who you are. And everything takes care of itself after that. Yeah, yeah, mm. couldn't agree more. That's mm. really good advice, really solid advice. Um, going back to the the cricket career, yeah, your stats were phenomenal. I had a little look, so mm. awesome, uh, really, really well. fantastic. And it's great to see it's still a big part of what you do today, isn't it? You've managed to blend it into life. I know you still you play at weekends, don't you? Um, so yeah yeah well again a coaching coaching mentorship role with some of the younger players at the club um absolutely love it you know seeing some of you know i'm only 28 but feel like i'm an old head on some young shoulders man um and um we've got sort of 17 18 year olds who make yeah. me laugh because i just see myself and then they so throw their bats and, <laughs> and hit their wickets when they get out and i was like wow that was me um, <laughs> so i just i end up just like smiling going it's all good, man. You're, you're going to be okay. You're going to, you know, it doesn't matter. Life doesn't revolve around cricket. And I remember when someone said that to me, that I just wanted to hit them. But, yeah, you don't understand. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. But it's it's nice to come out to the other side and um, find some peace with everything at long last. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. Absolutely brilliant. It's so nice that you can transfer those skills and learnings to a younger generation and, and set them up. Fabian, I think that's mm. amazing. Amazing. Is there anything that um, that life that professional elite sport arena taught you that's kind of teed you up for where you are today or perhaps the environment that you grew up in i mean mm. incredible environment um with some extremely talented family members um being surrounded in that environment was that 
a core component to building you know certain traits within you that you're now able to transfer into the yeah, world absolutely. Look, absolutely i think coming out the game taught me a lot of those things and you, okay. you reflect and you think crikey i was a stronger person than i thought i was um and just to give you a story when i look back on my career the first time i got picked for the first 11 in a professional match there was ten thousand in at the home ground at canterbury which it was an intimate ground for professional sport but it was packed um and the New Zealand touring side were coming over before they played England in the test series and they were playing Kent in a warm-up game and in a 20 over match and if any cricketers are listening we have Brendan McCullum playing for them Ross Taylor you know the works and I was a 19 year old kid wow and uh, I walked out to bat and um it was the strangest feeling of my life because 10,000 people stood and I'd never hit a ball in the first team. I'd scored all these runs in the reserves and did well, but I'd ne- I didn't deserve a standing ovation. And to the right of me was my granddad's stand, Colin Cowdery's stand, and we were walking out my great-grandfather's stand. Not many people know that that belongs to my grandma's side. Mm-hmm. And, and um, I had my name on my back. And 10,000 people were just cheering. And they were clapping the legacy. They weren't clapping me, which was a very interesting thing because it gave me this feeling of temporary validation, which didn't really exist. Like it wasn't, it was, it was something that I didn't work for. And um, I ended up doing quite well. I think I got 15 or six balls, but I realized in that moment how much, you know, my family meant to this place and to the sport. And that was, that was an eye-opening experience because my dad always used to hide behind trees when I was growing up at matches because he didn't want to, he didn't want to basically show me what, what this was. He just wanted me to play for fun. Yeah. And we used to have loads of people at school just come and watch me. Um, and I had, you know, I didn't really, really think about it. Um, but yeah, what it taught me coming back to that um, is, is, you know, when you're, when you're dealing with pressure, it's all about controlling, controlling your breathing and staying in the present moment, you know, and also being, being resilient, being resilient doesn't, it can mean something different to everyone, but being resilient for me is being a, is it's your approach and your attitude to failure. And when I was playing sport, I didn't have the resilience I had now, which I wish I had now. So what I always say to people is going back to your fear or faith thing is why are you scared of failure when it's such a normal part of society? That's a question I'd ask anyone listening right now. When every single person who's failed has been, are the most successful people on this planet. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we can't bring ourselves to be resilient enough to, to feel, feel failure. I think it's the most empowering thing we can go through. So that's what I would say is if you've got a goal, don't have that sort of ghost of your potential at the end of your deathbed, at the end of your life going, I rocked up and you weren't there for me. Go for it. Don't be shy. So that's why I learned those things in sport have definitely taught me a lot. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Great answer. I think it's so right. It is, uh, you know, um, this whole podcast and, what I'm trying to build is about people being able to tap into that inner power. That's the whole you power concept. You know, it's tapping into that, finding that inner strength um, and power to be and achieve and lock the best version of yourself. And I think what you just shared there was a fantastic example for you personally of how you've been able to do that, which I know will inspire other people because we're all born, although we might be, different in many ways we're all born internally with the same potential and it's just about how we tap into that access it and then unleash it in a direction that we want to take our life and 
there's no timeline on it. It happens whenever um, for each and every one of us differently. But I think from what you just said there was absolutely spot on. So thank you very much for sharing that. I think that will resonate a lot with the listeners. Yeah, cool. Yeah, go. I mean, there's no time like the now. Um, and as a life coaching is all about coming back into the present and working through what you can do in this moment to improve your future. And that being stuck in the past, you know, I, I often think of the past failures and the mistakes I made and wish I had the head on my shoulders. I, I suppose I do now or just the experience of life, but that didn't happen. So that's, that's the way it is, you know, and you, yeah. And you've got to move on from that and, and how you move on from that will define who you are. For sure. And that, that probably helped you on your journey. At the time, you maybe don't realise it, but those failures maybe helped steer you in a way. Like There's a really good photo I've seen online of success, and it's someone that's drawn a straight line. And it isn't a straight line, as you well know. You know, it ebbs and flows. It goes all over the place. Yeah. Um, but I think that actually, that journey sets you up long term. For sure. For sure. You learn a lot. You learn a lot from those things if you allow yourself to learn um that's another key point you've got to you've got to want to learn like there are so many lessons in everything some people are sent into your life you know to teach you something and I had one of those situations recently where an ex-girlfriend of mine taught me a lot about the amount I needed to start loving myself a bit more and for variety of reasons narcissistic traits or whatever you want to call it doesn't matter the fact is I could shout and curse at the way that I was treated through that or I could go what part of me could I have improved to to deal with that better or why did I attract that sort of person into my life so therefore I learned from that and there it's so easy to think you know to to turn to things that do not impact you positively like the first thing is with these things whether it's a business goal whether you've got relationship goals whatever it might be is how are you feeding your body how are you feeding your mind be really strict be really strict on yourself obviously balance is key if you love a glass of wine Go and have a few glasses of wine if you enjoy it. But, you know, how often? Like, what are your, what do you really want to achieve and work backwards? Absolutely. Yeah. It's all about that, who you're becoming versus who you're being, who you have been. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. So what would you say gets you out of bed in the morning now, Fabian? What, What gets you, what gets you lit up? Oh, I mean, do you know what? It's, it's, I think it's more simple than that. I think it's just starting to realize who I am. Like, right. and, and real, yeah. that's it. Like, yeah. like sometimes it takes a long time for people to work out why they're here. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, there's the two most important days in your life are the day you're born and the day you find out who you are. And I feel like I, over the lockdown, I found out who I was. And it's trying to bring value in and, you know, improvement to people's lives very much like what you're, you're doing in terms of creating this podcast. It's, it's actually not thinking too long-term with everything and just enjoying the process of helping people and having the skills to do that after the qualifications and some of the wisdoms and the experiences. There's, for me, there's nothing more powerful than jumping out of bed, knowing that you can change someone's life. And that is, you know, to be, to be able to have clients who give me feedback saying, you know, thank you so much. I can now use these skills to integrate into every aspect of my life for the rest of my life. Mm. You know, these, that's, that's an incredibly powerful impact to have. And you should always want to, to, to have that sort of value to people. And 
everything else takes care of itself. So for me, getting out of bed is is how can I impact other people positively? That's the first question I ask. Amazing. Fantastic. I think um, the last 12 to 18 months have been eye-opening um, for, for a lot of people. I know that there's many people that have had some extremely difficult times across the last you know, 12 to 18 months. Um, so I think maybe a really good part to start off with, with this question is, you know, would you have any support or guidance that you'd pass on to someone that may be feeling maybe a little bit lost right now or things, circumstances have changed for them maybe in work or in their personal lives? Um, is there anything that you would suggest to them they can focus on? Mm. It's a great question. And there's, there's so many things I could say here that my mind is just rolling. I, um, I can imagine. And it's different because I haven't given you a specific circumstance. So, um, um, yeah, I, look, I think I think remembering that and it's, it's said a lot by people, but just to reiterate that you are never alone. Yeah, you are never alone with these things. Yeah. It's everyone has at some point over the last year and a half has felt emotions that they maybe never have felt before. And what will define you is how you bounce back from that not how you're feeling right in that moment. That's what I would say. Draw the lessons, draw the lessons from that and use it to, to build a better future. And, and also, if you've got a goal, um, my granddad, who was one of the greatest cricketers of all time, um, captain, played for England 114 times, uh, captain in 30-odd times, um, 22 test hundreds. And he was an incredibly successful man, not just in sport, but away from the field as well. And his big line, if he could have got a tattoo, then he would have done, is if not now, when? If not now, when? Like, seriously, ask yourself that. If you've got something which you can put your hand up to, if I say, you know, five years ago, what was your dream? And you tell me what that was. And I say, have you accomplished it? And you go, no. Is it still your dream? And they go, yes. Why? If not now, when? Do it. Like, because you never know. You never, if you never try, You'll never know without sounding cringy Coldplay, but it's true. Give it a crack because that is the most amazing thing when you start to realize, you know, realize your potential and your worth is dependent on how you feel about yourself. No one else's view on you. That's another thing. But yeah, there's lots of stuff there. But yeah, just from just remember that in that present moment, you're not alone. There's so many people who who need you to pick up the phone to them or, or want to chat with you. And um your value is very much the way that you perceive yourself. Yeah, 100%. And I think, you know, for anybody that wants to follow um, or connect with you, Fabian, um, you know, Fabian is, is, is prevalent on social media. You've got fantastic Instagram pages. You've got your own podcast, haven't you? Do you want to just mm. mention that? Oh, thanks, man. Um, absolutely. So I've got a podcast called Between the Ears, um, which is, I suppose it's it's fairly important now to control what's going on between the ears. And I'm working with um, my co-host is a fellow life coach who specializes in, in addiction and past trauma and overcoming that. She's a life coach as well. And um, we've just finished our first series and we're, we're moving on into the second. So, yeah, that's very much another another hustle that I've got going on. So life's busy. And uh, but it's at the end of the day, as, as we mentioned earlier, if you can help one person in the process, you've done your job and yeah. you can help a million people. We've also done our job. Um, so we'll see how we go with that. Absolutely. That's the ambition. So yeah, guys, feel free to head over um, to, to their podcast and Fabian's Instagram at Fabian Cowdery. Um, it's uh, yeah, extremely valuable content within that. So 
I would highly recommend you head over there and check those guys out. Um, a couple of things, uh, just going to take a different gear and go in a different direction for a second here about business. Because um, one thing that really I'm inspired by in people is those who decide to go down that, that journey, that venture. And I have massive respect for people that go into the entrepreneurial mindset, vision and direction in life. So it'd be fantastic. You touched on it earlier to learn a little bit more, a little bit more about how you set up your mm. events business and some of the lessons that entrepreneurialism has taught you. Yeah. I mean, it's been, it's been a real journey um, for me personally. Again, I think when it comes to creating idea, an idea, it's very easy for someone to say, I want to create the next coffee shop, but they don't like coffee or I want to create the next massive wealth management firm, but they hate finance. You know, it's people, you've got to do something that drives you out of bed. So the number one I say, thing I say is, where are your passions? What are your hobbies? Because businesses can be made out of someone's hobbies. Are you, are you someone who can continually get out of bed to do it? That is the first thing I would say to a young person, young entrepreneur or someone who's starting out. Number one, you have to enjoy it. So for me, it was sport. It was transferring those skills. That's something that I'm deeply passionate about. So it got me out of bed. So if you've got a great idea, of course, find someone else who, so maybe find someone else if you're not necessarily passionate about it and you think it's a great idea. Maybe you need someone else on board who, who knows more about that and who really is inspired by that area. Um, but, and also, and also have a mentor, have a coach, have someone to keep you accountable because it can get very lonely setting out on a new business. And, um, those days where you're not feeling motivated or the results haven't come in that week can be, can be detrimental to someone's confidence. So don't be alone on it and, you know, maybe be your own man in, or your own woman in the entrepreneurial in the business, have hundred percent of the business. If you don't have to seek, you know, 60, 70,000 plus pounds of investment or whatever it is, but have someone to confide in mm. and to, that, that would be my two biggest things. Um, be passionate and definitely have a support system. And when you fail, remember, as we've spoken about lots in this podcast, that that is a, that, that is a success. Uh, you don't you don't succeed without failure so don't be scared of that and back yourself lots of people will laugh when they when you when they hear about an entrepreneurial idea mm. but they are just reflecting their own insecurities onto you those people that that's not about you yeah and that is so important because when you start stepping outside of your lane maybe let's call it you tend to get the interest of other people even in your peer group that are like they can question why are you doing that and what's the motive and oh you know that's quite a big risk to take and you're sure that's the right thing to do and I think you know if you f firmly and fully believe in what you're doing and the reasons why you're doing it you've just got to block out everybody else's view and opinion and you've just got to plow your own furrow you've just got to yeah. go for it but look the, the whole the whole area around advice and feedback that's fantastic absolutely take it on board absorb it but do, no one knows you better than you know you Absolutely. I did another thing on this yesterday. Okay. So taking yeah. every, you know, opinions, everyone's got them. Yeah. You're going to receive them. And how you absorb that information is the only thing that you need to think about. And uh, yeah, just, just be, be confident, be confident. Life's too short. If not now, when 
yeah. and um, be passionate. Be passionate. I can't drive that forward enough. Be passionate about what you do. Otherwise, it will be a very short-lived endeavour. You touched on having the importance of having a role model, a mentor, a coach. Who's been that person for you in, in your life? Have you had uh, sort of a person that's been of key influence or mentorship or, or coaching from someone that's really helped guide you? Yeah, to, to, at the start of my business, it was, you know, ironically, I was at the back end of an issue, the issues with my dad. And my dad was very much my mentor. He, he'd run an events business for 35 years. Wow. So I had him teach me about an industry. Brilliant. So that, 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 so I, you know, confided in him. So I've always had a really good support structure in terms of from my mum and my dad. Um, but then as time has gone on, um, I've got a mentor that I work, I work with once a week, who I see once Great. a week and he keeps me accountable. Yeah. And it can, as I said, it can be really, can be a really tough place if you don't have someone just checking in on you. Um, and as time's gone on, obviously you listen, there's so much content out there that if you're feeling that you're confused about something in your business, as long as you're willing to learn, you can study it and you can learn about it and it can make you feel more at peace because knowledge is power. And when you, when you, when you get new knowledge coming in and you, and you absorb it and you use it to your advantage again you you can become quite a dangerous person because so many people aren't willing to take the extra step um to learn things and actually develop their skills they just want they just want a bit of luck and relying on luck alone is is a chance that you shouldn't be willing to take always always want to learn always be curious um and check out check out people's podcasts go on youtube uh, you know, listen, listen to Elon Musk talk about how he built his business, Warren Buffett, all of these things, Denzel Washington on motivation, yeah. so much stuff out there. Um, and don't be, don't be scared to go for it. It's so interesting. Brilliant. That's yeah. great. Thanks, Fabian. So just going to draw things to a close here. Um, but before we do, one thing I asked before having you on is for you to share a quote that's, uh, I know you've shared several throughout this, which have been fantastic. So um, if you've got another one that perhaps you'd be able to share with listeners um, that you know that's resonated with you, I'm sure will definitely resonate with our listeners. Um, gosh, uh, yeah. I mean, I've used I've used if not now when, which is basically my philosophy for life in terms yeah. of achieving goals. Um, um, I think I think the line that I used earlier, which I just want to repeat because it yeah. may have gone, it may have been missed. Um, is if you never try, you'll never know. Love it. And that's, I think that for, for hopefully for, for the listeners of, of your podcast and um, don't be that person who, who misses out on their potential. You've got so much to give and whether you feel you're talented, gifted, whatever you want to call it, um, if you can harness what you have and prove it every day, just step by step, trust the process, um, there's a there's a pretty there's a pretty nice uh, load of treasure at the end of that rainbow. So, just um, just keep enjoying life, keep smiling your way through life, and um, and remember you don't have to be you don't have to be a millionaire overnight. You don't, and you don't have to be a millionaire ever. Happiness is a definition, it's perspective, and everyone has a different version of it. So whatever you're looking for, whatever goal you want in your life, it takes time, and just believe you'll get there. Hundred percent. Mm. Fabian Cowdery, absolute pleasure to have you on the UPower podcast. Is there anywhere you want to mention for uh, people, listeners of this podcast, to connect with you online? 
Sure, sure. Um, so on Instagram, as you kindly mentioned earlier, I'm Fabian K. Cowdery, at Fabian K. Cowdery. Um, I've got some some nice reels there to, to keep you positive through the day. And um, I work hard to, to, to spread the positivity. So if you want to connect with me on social media, it's there. And of course, if anyone wants to uh, to work with me and, and, and get to their goals or dreams quicker, I'd be more than delighted to open a conversation. So thank you so much for coming on, James. And uh, um, well, thank you so much for having me on even. And uh, yeah, good luck to you, man. Brilliant. Thank you very much. If you enjoyed the podcast, please like, share and subscribe. And I look forward to speaking to you again very soon.